In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, somewhere in western New York, it's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. I'm Mark Anthony Arena, so glad you're here with me today. Today's episode, we are continuing our discussion on digital veganism. It is, uh, you know, for the past 10 years when I did my last show, I would bark about things. Right and and this company's bad and that company's bad and look out for Apple and look out for Google, and and all that. But early on, I didn't have alternatives to offer. Right, and I was talking to a, a guy the other day who was a hypnotist, and he said, "Mark, when you're talking to people, don't use not, because the the subconscious mind doesn't understand not. Just say yes to something else. Right, so." If I want you to avoid pizza and go for tacos, I don't say don't pizza, not pizza, avoid pizza. I'll say tacos are better. Anyway, so for years on my show, I barked about what to avoid, but I didn't have any suggestions really. Uh, I mean, it was certainly important, right, to put the fires out. It was important to get the knowledge out there, get the awareness. But now I'll say, okay, look. Yeah, that's fine. And he even told me on a separate occasion, he said, Mark, instead of saying this product is bad, say, he used to work in the TV industry, and he said, Mark, we would sell TVs and we'd say, look, so-and-so competitor makes a fine product, but let me show you why ours is better. Okay? So, all these companies are pretty bad, but I have something better. I use non-Microsoft products. So that, instead of me saying Microsoft is evil and terrible and they're incompetent and they have zero security, which is pretty much true in my professional opinion, it's, hey, Microsoft makes a fine product. Apparently some people have learned to limp along with it and depend on it. But I have products that are invincible, bulletproof to all threats. They're stable. They don't destroy themselves. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so today we're talking about a lifestyle 
where you can move forward with technology, right? And in the end of my book, I said, look, you got to move forward with some technology. It's not that all technology is bad. It's that bad people have tried to harness technology to take over our lives and to control you. So a way to move forward while enjoying technology is to uh, be digital vegans, okay? In other words, avoid big tech. And not just avoid big tech because they're big. That's a very good point. But avoiding big tech because they're abusive. You know, tomorrow morning I can go out and start a small company that's abusive. It doesn't matter that I'm small. I'm still abusive, right? That's a huge thing. Don't always equate big with abusive. There are plenty of big organizations, like I love Brother Printers and... And you know, I love Dell computers, right? They're big, but they're not abusive. So that's very, very, very important. Don't just put the blinders on and, and say they're big, so therefore they're bad. Okay, so let's keep going with this article. Uh, the author is Kashmir Hill, and the article is I blocked Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Apple. She says, when I met a full-time... Uh, practitioner of digital veganism, Daniel Kahn Gilmore, technologist at the ACLU, I'm not totally surprised to discover he's an actual vegan. He doesn't have a cell phone and prefers to pay for things with cash. That's beautiful, right? And side note, and I'll probably say this many times, but digital veganism, I've been very lucky because my last show, I would always say, look, I'm, I'm an apolitical show um, but what I've discovered, and I have thousands of clients of all walks of life, and I've discovered that digital veganism, as we're now going to call it, or my method of avoiding big tech and looking for solid products that actually work and not control you, my method appeals to liberals and conservatives, right? This has nothing to do with politics. This is uh, the power of the many, the power of in the hands of the few, right? Trying to control us. And it appeals to everyone. Nobody wants to be spied upon. Nobody wants to be controlled. Nobody wants a phone that turns on and says, shame on you, you're no longer allowed to use this product. Okay? So it applies everywhere. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so I like this guy, actually, because he doesn't have a cell phone and he prefers to pay for things with cash. Uh, my main concern is people being able to lead autonomous, healthy lives that they have control over, Gilmore says. Uh, and they had to use Jitsi, which is an open-source video conferencing service that will work on any web browser. There's no proprietary app you have to download, and it doesn't require you to create an account. So, by the way, she should have researched that on her last call when she was crying about using Skype, right? There are plenty of alternatives. And honestly, much as I hate Zoho, I had a conference the other day with a guy, and it was just a web-based web conference that, that was on Zoho server, so I didn't have to download any proprietary app. Okay, so Jitsi is certainly better because it's fully open source, but the idea is she should have researched uh, her stuff before just trying to go out there and dive into this. <clears throat> Gilmore hosts his own email and avoids most social media networks. He does make an exception for GitHub and SourceForge because he's an open source developer who wants to share his code with others. Thank you. Okay, he makes an exception when there's a benefit. Okay. And by the way, later on, I'll explain that, that I'm, I'm guilty of this too. In the past, back in 08, I hated Microsoft so much um, that I refused to use any of their products. And, and what I learned 
is that I needed to be able to use their products because, it, number one, it was only hurting me. They didn't care if, if one dude wasn't using their products. But number two, I eventually became made a career out of, out of repairing people's Microsoft machines, educating them about the, uh, the problems with them, and also pointing people toward better platforms but it all started with me opening up and making an exception for look mark you got to use these products once in a while if if nothing else but to show people alternatives okay so good for him for making an exception when it actually means furthering his movement okay gilmore thinks people will have better lives if they aren't being data mined and monetized by companies that increasingly control the flow of information. Yep. He's just realizing something. I mean, I have logic, right? And apparently that's a gift that no one else has. But but he also has logic and he saw this coming, right? He, he sees this coming where a lot of people are totally oblivious. Oh, well, I don't know. I just, I just use my phone because uh, I saw a sports app on TV and I put it on my phone. And they don't know what's going on. They don't know that almost all apps are recording your every last move. Okay, Facebook actually did something very evil where you can't use their website on your smartphone. Uh, if you're on a smartphone specifically, you can't use their website uh, for Facebook Messenger. You have to download their evil app. Turns out that their evil app records everything about you and everything you say and uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. Try it out, right? Keep your phone, leave it in the in the sleep position, and start talking about something you don't usually buy. Like, if you don't have a cat, talk about cat food, and all of a sudden you'll get ads for cat food. Uh, people have tried this experiment, and that's how we know what's going on, right? A lot of times, you, just like science, you have to do indirect experimentation. And that's how I've learned a lot of things in my industry, by indirect experimentation. Okay, if I start talking about cat food, and now that I have a Facebook app, it starts to record me, okay, something's wrong here. Okay? He says, I have the capacity to make this choice. I know a lot of people would like to sign off, but can't for financial reasons or practical reasons. I don't want to come across as chastising people who don't make this choice. Right? And, and that's very true, right? Uh, believe me, I, I yell at people and chastise them for not using the brands that I tell them to. But but he recognizes that not everyone can do that, can just walk around with a wad of cash in your pocket and no cell phone. Um, but look, just do a few things, right? It's it, don't You don't have to be a digital vegan. Uh, one of my notes that I scribbled in this page is don't be a digital vegan necessarily, but you could be a digital pescatarian or you avoid certain things, avoid what you can, okay? Uh, there are definitely costs to this choice. How things are structured determines the decisions people make. Uh, you don't get invited to a party via Facebook because you choose not to be part of the surveillance economy of Facebook. Okay, look, side note, <clears throat> since I've weaned myself off of Facebook, I never, ever respond to party invitations through Facebook. I ignore them. I never respond to them. I never RSVP to them. If they, because I'm on Facebook once, uh, once a quarter, once a month, I've never seen something that was that important anyways. If they really love me, they'll call me or email me or, or something like that. But I've never responded because honestly, in, in my, I guess what I was thinking deep down is, hey, if you, if you care about this party so little that you're going to just put it on Facebook and, and just send it to your friends and not individually invite me, then 
well, too, it must not be that good of a party anyway. Plus, I just hate being invited to stupid things anyway. That are uh, So if you really want me, you'll send me a direct invitation. So, so I, I honestly think that's a good thing, where people should all stop responding to party invites through Facebook. Then maybe the host will actually invite them. <clears throat> and realize that not everyone uses it anymore. Okay. Gilmore teaches digital hygiene classes. He starts the class by asking people if they know when their phones are communicating with cell towers. And most people say, when I'm using it. And the answer really is, anytime it's on. Right? It's, it's, I have a, a thing, I have a quirk where I don't like having my cell phone in my pocket. Because I don't like it sending uh, EMF, electromagnetic uh, information, through electromagnetic field, uh, through... I don't like it sending it through my body, right? So when possible, I'll put my cell phone on my desk or on my car cup holder, whatever, because I know that it's communicating with the towers constantly. It's not a huge flow of information, but it's a, hey, here I here I am, here I am, I'm still connected to the cell tower, here I am, because when I'm driving, the phone has to keep going and say, here, here I am, here I am, and if I become closer to another cell tower, it has to register with that one instead. And that's just the cell phone part of it. That's not to mention all the apps. I mean, I refuse to use apps for the most part. I just use my calendar app that's built in, and that's it. But a lot of people have billions of apps. Guess what? Most of you people have low battery constantly because you have billions and billions of apps. You just thought that you had to use an app to communicate with a company, when in reality, and most of the time, except for Facebook, most of the time, you can go to your web browser on your phone and just do it that way. The only reason to have an app on your phone is to allow that organization to spy on you. Okay? So that's why you have low battery all the time. Especially, I feel bad for iPhone users because every iPhone user on planet Earth always has 1% battery. Because iPhones are just so horrible with battery. Because there's trillions of AI features on top of all the apps that are draining your battery. And, of course, the update attacks are designed to damage your phone so that it ruins the battery. Okay. When a person uploads their contacts to a technology service, they're sharing information with the service that those people on the contact list might not want to be shared. Okay, that's a cool observation, but it's kind of nitpicky, right? I've learned in my life, you know, for, I spent many years, especially in the beginning of my career, in technosophy, uh, just learning, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But I had to learn eventually, you're going to dig yourself into the ground with all your don't do this, right? I mean, certainly it, it, I learned what to avoid in a big sense, but you, you got to zoom out a little bit. And I'm writing a book about that. You, you got to just focus on the big stuff. Otherwise, you're going to nickel and dime yourself to death, okay? Once the data is out there, it can be misused in ways we don't expect, right? It's, it, Google Contacts is very creepy lately. It's saying, yeah, put in all your friends' birthdays. Yeah, so you can wish them a happy birthday. That's why. Yeah, that's all it is. When in reality, who knows what they're going to do with all your friends' birthdays. Our society is structured so that a lot of people are trapped. Absolutely. If you have to fill out your timesheet with an app that's only available on iPhone or Android then you have to do that, right? And again, most of these sports bros out there just don't even care. It's just, I don't know, I was told to do an app. Or they don't realize that the iPhone app store is a monopoly and the Google Play store app store is a monopoly, except in Google phones you are allowed to use other app stores, so really just the iPhone app store is a monopoly. 
Gilmore wants lawmakers to step in, but he also thinks if we push for it can be addressed technologically by pushing for interoperable systems, right? I've said this on past episodes where some authors said, hey, look, let's get rid of Facebook Messenger because it's proprietary to only Facebook. And instead, we should do an interoperable system, like just like we have with telephones and email, right? You can call anyone. You don't need to have the same phone company as them, right? Originally, sure, it was Ma Bell and everyone had to worship the same phone company, but they broke it up. Um, so you can have... An interoperable, I love that word, interoperable, it describes it perfectly, right? There's zillions of us with different phone companies, but all the phone companies talk to each other. So I tell my phone company to pass on my voice, and it connects to your phone company, which then passes my voice to you. Same thing with email. There's zillions of email providers out there, and we can use any of them, and it'll pass that email message to anyone, no matter who their provider is. It's brilliant. Okay, and, and they call that monopolistic competition, by the way, where it's just like, if I want corn, I can go to any farmer in the world and get corn, and that product is going to be the same, but they're all small, independent people. Okay, yeah, when companies can't lock us into proprietary ecosystems, we have more freedom, right? Uh, but that would mean that, that Facebook would have to let Pinterest users communicate with them and back and forth, right? And Apple would need to let you use FaceTime to talk to an Android user. Um, that part's already true. During COVID, Apple set it up so you could just send an invite to an Android user and then you can talk through a web page, which is cool. All right, so what they're saying, you know, they're implying that all of it would have to change immediately, right? That's not totally true. Um, or again, laws never do anything to help, right? Laws just make things complicated and they never actually solve the actual intended thing that's out there, right? Because look at, look at all the crime that's out there, right? These laws don't actually help. It's just like running a virus scanner. It means well, but it can't ever solve anything. So really, honestly, folks, it's just about raising awareness. Whenever I tell some sports bro that their phone is spying on them and they should stop using Facebook Messenger because even the private messages are recorded and sold. Like years ago, they were caught selling your private messages to Bing Anyway, once you just raise awareness, then people will figure it out. They'll use something better. They'll use an interoperable thing. Just raise awareness, okay? Because that doesn't increase the complexity at all. If you make billions of laws, then companies will have to make their services billions times more complex. And as Facebook said once, hey, bring it on, lawmakers. Bring it on, because we can afford the lawyers and our competitors can't, okay? So making laws increases complexity, which actually seals in the monopolies, okay? It solidifies the monopolies. Anyway, they say no one wants to give the keys out when they have customer lock-in, and that's something very important. In my book, I call it vendor lock-in, but it's the same thing. Customer lock-in, right? Even if you're not a real monopoly, you can treat someone as a monopoly if you lock them in and make their entire lives dependent on you. So if you have a Samsung phone or an Apple phone, they suck all of your photos out of your phone and take them from you, regardless of whether or not you know this, okay, with or without your knowledge. So now you're dependent on them forever. And even if it's not a monopoly, it's effectively a monopoly because you ain't going nowhere. 
So, Cashmere Hill goes on and says, My friend Katie is in town. Katie's been sending me messages for days via Signal, but I haven't gotten them because Signal is hosted by Amazon Web Services. Okay, look. Signal is on the forefront of digital freedom, okay? Again, stop spiting yourself. Please use Signal because they're protecting people against big tech. They're especially protecting people against WhatsApp. WhatsApp is a brilliant service that used to work extremely well, but Facebook bought them and now uses them to spy on who you're talking to. They don't record your messages, but they do record who you're talking to and how long and so on. So if you are in WhatsApp, please get all your people to switch to um, to switch to Signal. Um, so Signal is beautiful and everyone should switch to it. An Ivy League professor tells me he regularly employs Google Blocker. But I had to disable it when I paid my taxes because they have Google Analytics on the IRS website. That's incredible. Research alternatives to Google Analytics. You know, I, one of my best buddies, uh, Greg, is a um, data analyst who does web analytics for small business websites. And he was talking about Google Analytics. And I said, hold on, dude. Just because they're the biggest, let's look for an alternative. Just stop and think. Sometimes, in my next book, I'm going to say this. Sometimes you have to just stop and think and, and realize, hang on a second. Got to do something different here. Hold on. Why are we doing this? Just because or what? So stop and think for a minute. Um, so we found alternatives to Google Analytics. And it turns out there were a lot of good ones, and some of them were free. Um, you know, a lot of web developers are just mindless jokers who worship things because they're big, right? And by the way, they're the ones who need some re-education, right? The web developers, the software developers, they need to be told, hey, look, stop using something because it's the biggest and the best, okay? People under 35 are intrigued of life without a smartphone, and people over 35 are just nostalgic, right? I, I actually long for the days when I wasn't a slave to the constant texting. Ding, someone texted me. What do I want? Ding, someone texted me. I got to go respond. Got to respond right now. Got to respond right now. I mean, I have thousands of clients, so I'm also a slave to the phone, but either way... It's very hard to do something to focus on writing my next book or to focus on recording a podcast, right? I have to turn off all my phones, of course. <sighs> I actually have four phone numbers and four email addresses, and it is too much, and i got to sort that out somehow. Like, originally I did it to separate work and life, but yeah. A friend was just telling me about trying to get a TV that wasn't smart and didn't have a microphone. It was impossible. He wound up getting a computer monitor. Okay, well, that's wrong, actually. Um, yes, most TVs are smart TVs now, but, but you really, really, really should make demands out of the retailers and call the TV manufacturers and say, look, I want a dumb TV, okay? Smart TVs are evil. They don't help you in any way, and I'll do episodes on this, but smart TVs are evil because the computer inside is built in, and it records everything you do and sells all your information to everyone, okay? But what they don't realize is not all of them have microphones. Only Samsungs have microphones and a few others. Um, and you can disable them in some ways, but just avoid Samsung with liberty and justice for all forever and ever. Amen. Sometimes we, and, and, and by the way, even if you do have a smart TV, just don't connect it to the internet. And if you already have, you must, you must disconnect your smart TV from the internet immediately because it is recording everything about you. Get a real Roku or real external device like the forthcoming Streamplicity and you can watch stuff that way, but never allow your smart TV. I mean, Roku's are okay. Uh, if you have a built-in Roku in your TV, fine. But never allow Samsung and Vizio ever 
forever to connect to the internet. They get update attacks, which destroy the TVs. They are designed to destroy the TVs. And again, they sell your behavior. Okay? Sometimes we make the choice to bring technology into our lives, but sometimes it's forced upon us. Television makers have turned their products into surveillance machines that collect what we watch and what we say. And that's just how most TVs come now. Thank you. That's well said. Thank you. Um, and, and by the way, right, if everyone's doing it, right, it's kind of like when in economics class when we talked about Coke and Pepsi, if they both colluded and raised their prices together, then you had no choice. Same with the TV industry. They realize, look, if all of us make smart TVs, then people have no choice, and that's very evil. She says, I stopped watching TV altogether because we don't have cable, and I hadn't meant to make this experiment a rejection of all technology, but it happens. Or you could just get cable or get a Streamplicity or another home theater PC and just watch Pluto, okay? Um, but, oh, wait, maybe someone um, someone shook hands with someone who bought something on Amazon, so I, I can't buy a home theater PC, right? Uh, she's going to go too far to say, uh, someone might have looked at the word Amazon, so I'm going to get scared and not buy something from them. Okay, look, yeah, so, and again, I'm, I'm still, still developing the Streamplicity product. I keep auditioning new hardware every couple of years uh, and selling them as beta when I get some hardware. But yeah, Streamplicity, the idea is it's a home theater PC. It's, it's a streaming device that doesn't rely on big tech. It doesn't spy on you. And you can watch anything you want in the world because it has a web browser instead of just the sanctioned content that they deem you worthy of watching. Okay, so that's very important. I'm most frustrated with my phone. I would love to be using a tech giant free smartphone, but they aren't really available yet. That will change soon from Elo and Purism, and again, Sailfish and Tizen and Lineage OS. You can take a Samsung phone, which has great hardware, and you bleach it and you put something ethical like Lineage OS. It's beautiful. In the past, I would have assumed that idealistic projects like these were doomed, but there seems to be a heightened awareness these days of the, the dystopia created by the tech giants. Again, anything in life, it's you know, they promise utopia, right? They promise this, but just like Icarus, they end up giving us dystopia. Are America's tech companies serving as instruments of freedom or control, right? They dangle all this convenience in front of us. And indeed, in the beginning of, of this internet age, right, in the beginning of the millennium, it was looking promising. Except for the extreme incompetence of Microsoft, there was a lot of hope. But they dangled all this stuff in front of us and realized, wow, we could really start taking advantage of people. And now the New York Times writes about apps tracking people's location with horrifying regularity. The tech giants laid down all the basic infrastructure. They got us to put our information into public profiles to carry tracking devices in our pockets, and to download apps with those tracking devices that secretly siphon data. By the way, they, they got us to voluntarily plop all our information on Facebook, but in the case of the cloud-sucking scandal, Microsoft OneDrive or Apple iCloud Drive, you have no idea that they have sucked your private information that you thought was in your local device. They have sucked it into the cloud. Cloud-sucking scandals. Tell your friends if you are infected with OneDrive. And it's, it's a process. You can't just sever your ties with them. You have to pull your data back. You have to beg for your data back, and it crashes during the, the removal process a lot of times. 
eventually you'll get your stuff back, and then and only then can you sever ties with them. And then they'll keep attacking forever. They'll desperately attack for OneDrive, uh, even after you get your stuff back. But anyway, I've made my whole career about this, right? I used to fix cracked laptop screens, and now I find myself ripping out Norton and McAfee and protecting people against the worst thing I've seen, the worst thing I have ever seen in this industry so far, cloud-sucking scandals, okay? Tech giants were long revered for making the world more connected, making information more accessible, and making commerce easier and cheaper. Now suddenly they are the targets of anger. Yeah, yeah, suddenly. Again, your frog's sitting in a boiling pot, right? I've been saying this for years because I saw it coming. And turning our personal information into the currency of a surveillance economy, right? They love data, and I get it. It's very exciting and addictive to look at the numbers when I, I look at, see how many people are downloading my new show. It's the first time I've had analytics, right? Before, on traditional radio, you had no idea who was listening. And it was a beautiful thing because I covered the whole city, and it's a beautiful thing to wonder how many thousands of people, but... You know, the numbers are exciting. I've gotten over 300 downloads so far. We're not even done with January with our first month on the podcast. But they worship data. And now they're just selling each other data, even if there's no end to it. There's no there's no means to an end, right? It's just data. There's no purpose to the data. But they're worshiping. The, they literally worship data now. Um, and so the surveillance economy relies on spying on you in order to, to siphon as much data as they can out of you and then sell it. They're, it's like they're, they're taking your blood and they're selling it, right? I can't, uh, so she talks about an ebook, and I can't read it on my Kindle. Instead, I'm reading a physical book. By the way, she could read it on her Kindle. Uh, there is a program you can use to plop books on your Kindle or just drag and drop them with a USB cord, right, to avoid the cloud. You can just get a, I actually have a 2008 Sony um, ebook reader, and of course their, their ebook store went out of business, right? And all of the books that were infected with DRM immediately destroyed themselves. But luckily my Sony ebook reader does allow me to read PDFs. So I just use a USB cord and I plot PDFs from the Gutenberg project, which is all uh, public domain books. So she could have done that. She could have gotten a Sony ebook reader or a generic Chinese ebook reader or just used an old Kindle and use a USB cord, a real USB cord, and plop the PDFs onto it. It shows up as a thumb drive on your computer. And you just plop it on there. Anyway, I'm reading a physical book, and it's full of calls. It's Henry Thoreau's Walden, and it's full of calls to reimmerse ourselves in the natural world and not get too caught up in the distractions of modern life. Uh, because it was published in 1854, it warns people to get away from work and newspapers rather than the smart devices, but it's really the same idea. Um, so I actually didn't realize we were going to go this far with this document, uh, with this article. We're actually going to, we have a lot more to talk about here, but I'm going to call it a day uh, and then we'll finish this article next week, I promise you. Uh, there's just so much here, you know, because I have my little... I'm trying to make my little tangents relevant and not so ADD and not so rambly. Um, but, you know, again, I want you to... When you see these topics, when you see the word smart TV, I want you to remember that smart TVs are evil. When you see the word new computer, I want you to remember that new computers are now infected with cloud-sucking scandals that suck your data out of your machine without your knowledge. 
So when I see this stuff, bells go off in my head and, and, and my eyes turn red. And I say, hold on a second. Um, and again, the, the opposite to that is, look, you got to live your life and just pick your battles and focus on the big stuff and don't get upset over every little thing that's out there, right? Make some exceptions for things and figure out a way to move forward while using technology, but you're the user as opposed to them using you. Okay, so I always tell people when I'm fixing their machines, we're putting our foot down and showing them who's boss. So we'll come back next time and finish this article. My name is Mark Anthony Arena. Thank you so much for listening to The Computer Exorcist Podcast, technosophy.com or thecomputerexorcist.com to do a lot of fun things on my site and learn a lot of things. And I might even do a blog someday where I just talk about Mark's opinions on different topics. Huh. And you can buy shirts and hoodies and stuff, and you can tell your friends about the podcast. All they need, a lot of, a lot of my people, actually, I'm surprised. Say, I don't know about a podcast. Do I have to sign up for anything? No, just go to my website, click on Computer Actresses Podcast, and press play. That's all you have to do. You can listen to any episode whenever, wherever. Um, and, of course, sign up for my quarterly spam and buy my book called how to protect yourself from your computer so there's a lot of cool things you can do on my site thanks so much for telling your friends we'll talk to you next week hope you love the show